Welcome everyone to the Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again as always is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. But, grumpy old man, we have a special guest. All right, once again, once again, you understand when you mention you, you have to let me do my response instead of once again just blathering on and on like you like to do, listen to yourself talk. I understand you do, but let me at least get in my... That's me before you continue on to the next thing. I have to insist on that. <laughs> a grumpy is in rare form early on in today's podcast. But with us today is a very special guest, uh, Mikey Ryan. He is the original founder of the Islanders Meetup and the podcast host of the Bar Down B- Breakdown podcast. Sorry, I butchered it a little bit there, Mikey, but I had a chance to listen to the podcast. Very, very, very interesting ho- podcast. It's about hockey and uh, musicians and everything like that. And I think it gels really well. Yeah. Hold on. Before I let Mikey start, uh, before I let Mr. Ryan start, and <laughs> we'll explain why his name is Mr. Ryan as we go on, can you please name your podcast? Because TJ, as he mentioned, did butcher it, but I want to make sure that everybody knows exactly what it is, and you're going to find this about TJ. Actually, you lasted a little bit longer than usual before messing something up, and we usually have to restart the podcast, um, but we're not going to today. But if you could just give us, in your terminology, your podcast name. All right. So the podcast is Bar Down Breakdown, and it's just a, a play on a, a hockey term and a music term because that's what the podcast is all about, just uh, the crossover between the two worlds. Yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, if you could go a little bit more in depth on that because, you know, when I heard about it. I'm like, oh, you know what? I wish I would have come up with that. And, you know, I consider myself a pretty intelligent guy. Uh, and I'm a little bit disappointed that I didn't. But uh, if, if you just do a little bit more detail, because uh, I think it's really, really a nice combination of the two. Yeah. So it, uh, it's even very specific, the music that we talk about on the podcast. It's the alternative music world. So like the hardcore punk, pop punk, emo world. Um, it's It came to me when I was still living on Long Island and uh, just fresh out of graduate school, moved back home and I would play some pickup hockey on the Island and uh, became friends with the guys in this band Envy on the coast who on Long Island are pretty huge. And uh, we'd be playing these pickup games and all their friends who were also musicians would come to the games and play with us. And that's when it kind of opened up my eyes that, you know, these the, the genre of music, the guys that are in these bands also like the, my, my favorite sport. And, you know, it would kind of fermented and brewed for a couple of years. And then I just took the risk last year to start it up when, uh, Devin from Yesman Alpha Yesman Alfreders and I became good friends and decided to give it a shot. Now, see, I'm going to, I don't know. I, and I hear the, I hear you mention the names of these bands. I know you're younger than I am. Uh, you know, when I used to go to see bands at hammerheads and, uh, places like that back in the 1970s, uh, yeah, Twisted Sister and Zebra were very, very popular. Um, uh, I mean, I just think it's fantastic. I really do. And I don't know. I, I was a musician myself for a, quite a while. Uh, I played a mighty mean air guitar. I don't know if you knew that about <laughs> me or not, uh, but I think I look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually was kicked out of fourth grade band for not being able to stay on rhythm or beat or anything like that. So my musical abilities are pretty slim, but I can listen to the best of the music, you know, with the rest of them. 
and I'm a retro, I'm a retro punk and alternative guy, you know, the clash and the sex pistols and Richard Hell and the Voidoids and you know, stuff like that. I go, I go way back. Yeah, we've had some uh iconic uh old school punk rockers on the podcast before, and it's just always so cool to to hear these guys who are now getting older uh that are still kicking and doing it, and it's awesome. Now Mikey, my per- my first question, as soon as I knew it was good, we were going to go ahead and have you on the podcast, is what is the craziest story that you have heard from one of these these musicians on tours? Because I've I've listened to a few podcasts of yours, and the stories just off the few podcasts I listened to, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, so um, we've actually talked to um, some artists who have you know been recognized by the the. I guess the the music world and uh, one of our guests, Jake from the band August Burns Red, was actually nominated for a Grammy, and uh, they they went out to L.A. for the Grammys, and as they're ready to go to the the award show, they're in the hotel elevator, and the elevator breaks, like the whole band is in the elevator, and it legit like halts while they're in like mid floor, and they're stuck in the elevator like as they're about to make their way to the Grammys and like Jake's a, a, a pretty muscular guy. I don't know if you're familiar with him and he actually like pried open the elevator doors and climbed up and, you know, got them rescued and the fire department came. And like, by the time everyone gets out of the elevator there, they have like five minutes to spare to get to the award show. And they're telling the fire department, like, Hey, like, we got to get to the Grammys. It's LA. Like there's no way we're going to get through all this traffic. So the, the firemen were like, hop on. And they all jump on the fire truck. And that's how they made their entrance to the Grammys is by LA fire department, fire truck. Screw the limousine going on the fire truck. <laughs> yep. Like ripping the horn and everything. It was, it was just, I, I couldn't believe that we got to hear that story on my podcast. The only thing that could have been better is if they would have rode, uh, rode the ladder all the way up. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, and, and Mikey, now we talked a little bit about your podcast, and I also kind of want to talk about you starting up the Islanders meetups. And the funny thing was, Mikey, we we've met in person before, um, and my brother, I think it was four years ago, told me he used to work at Bed Bath and Beyond at the time period that some lady came into his store at Bed Bath & Beyond and told him about, because he was an Islander fan, he was wearing some type of Islander paraphernalia. And he said, oh, yeah, my son goes ahead and he runs a large Islander, Islander fan page here in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I never was able to put the two dots together until just recently. I'm like, I said, that must have been Mikey. <laughs> that must have been Mikey's mom that he ran into at the store. It sounds like her. She will literally talk to anyone. And, like, she, she bases everything – that she knows in life, like what she found out from the lady in the grocery store that's in front of her online. So she'd be like telling me, you know, just random facts. And it's like, where did you even hear that? And, and it's always just someone that she talked to. So the fact that she talked to your brother at bed, bath and beyond probably sounds just like her. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> well, I know yeah. I, you know, I hate to say, you know, I Doing this uh, podcast, you know, it's nice. I, I do. I've met Mikey also, uh, Mr. Ryan uh, also. Uh, and the reason why his name is Mr. Ryan uh, is because he is a fourth grade school teacher. So, you know, I want to show him the respect that 
any 10 year old would show. Uh, <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do for him. And, you know, I know that school is out right now, uh, you know, with the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you like hanging out at home. And are you doing like web teaching or anything like that or phone calls or how, how is that working out for you? Yeah. So having Zoom calls twice a day with a bunch of 10 year olds. Very, very exciting. If you could imagine, they they all think like, "Oh, I got the most interesting life." Like, let me show it the whole class during the Zoom call, and it's just like, oh, like I can't even tell you how many times a, a pet or a cat just like makes their way into a Zoom call and interrupts us, and it's it's definitely a an adjustment. But there's a great feature with, with Zoom where you can mute all. Where I'm gonna miss that when I have to go back to the class. Beautiful. That, yeah. I, I would love if I could just install one of those, just mute all and keep that on all day. Yeah. And like that, I, uh, you know, we do these podcasts and uh, Mikey is really uh, a really nice guy. You know, he's not a jerk like the grumpy old man and other people that we meet. Uh, he's generally a nice person. And it's always, it's always nice to see people like that succeed. Uh, so I just want to say kudos, Mikey. I, I really appreciate you being on the podcast with us today. Absolutely. And, and, and I know we got no hockey to talk about. So if you guys just want to talk about me, the whole podcast, I'm all about it. <laughs> no, that part, that part's over now. Okay. I, I did my part. I said I was going to be nice to you. And now you go through that and they're fine. But I do appreciate when we have guests on here because it means that TJ has to wear a shirt to the podcast, which, uh, you know, he usually as <laughs> listeners to this show know he usually does not do, uh, but he is wearing a shirt today. So we are impressed with that. Yeah, let's take that shirt off, bud. Come on. You don't have to dress up for me. I got freshly shaped with a nice manscaping item, so I'm keeping on for right now. Yeah, he does, he does not need any prompting from the studio audience to take his shirt off. So, uh, But, you know, I, 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 I want to ask Mikey a question, uh, grumpy old man, before you. Now, starting the – being the founder of these Islanders meetup groups, I mean, it's it's – gone ahead and separated into 23 different deviations, I guess you could say, of the original Charlotte meetup. Mutations. And mutations. Mutations. Okay. I, I, whatever word you want to use, it's still extremely impressive. I, And I remember we met at one of those Charlotte meetups, and did you ever – I guess two questions. Did you ever think that the, that the Islander meetups group was going to grow as large as it has? And what kind of spurred you to originally create them? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that first season when we got started, I, I was a little hesitant and scared that it wasn't going to take off like it did. And uh, I'd be the only one sitting at a bar by myself with my wife like that. That could have been <laughs> real awkward, especially when I call ahead to these bars and I'm telling them, you know, there, there's going to be a group of people. And then if no one shows, I look bad. So that was definitely a little a little scary. But at the same time, I was living in Charlotte for about six months before I did the first one and the amount of New Yorkers that I met, especially I was living in South end where it's just like all young, right out of college people. Like the amount of New Yorkers I met was outrageous. So I, I definitely knew that there was tons and tons of people from New York, um, long Island. I wasn't a hundred percent sure because no one leaves long Island. Like you, you get stuck in like, for example, I grew up in Deer Park and all my friends, their dads and, and moms also grew up in Deer Park. Like no one leaves Deer Park. No one leaves Long Island. So um, I, I was a little scared at first, but I guess people do leave. And I'm sure it's all because of them taxes. Very, very true. And, I, you know, 
I used to live in Oakdale, uh, and I used to work at uh, uh, Eaton Corporation, AIL division. They were a government defense contractor, and I used to take Southern State, uh, the Southern State Parkway, and I always used to spit at the Deer Park exit as I drove past. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't I blame you there. <laughs> That's that's a long time ago though. I've been I I've been living in uh, the Charlotte area since 1988, probably before right. you were born. Uh, I was born 87. So well, there you go. See, I, I missed all the good good Islander years. Just got to live through the crap. Yeah, I, I, feel, bad. I feel bad for TJ too. I, you know, because you know he thinks you know a team com, uh, competing for a playoff spot is a successful season. Where I don't look at it that way. <sighs> Grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. I don't necessarily <laughs> classify it like that, but well, uh, you don't. You don't. I mean, I understand, but you know, uh, since I'm a winner, I mean, that's the way that I look at it. I mean, you know, you're a loser, and that's the way you look at it, and that's fine. I mean, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Uh, now, I I do want to bring up some NHL news. They were talking about moving the draft up to June 5th as opposed to June 26th and 27th, I believe, with the two later June dates, because uh, they are looking to ramp the season back up. And uh, I don't know if that. Uh, news affects you in any way, TJ. But I know for me, it doesn't make any difference as an Islander fan because by the time we have a pick, it'll probably be June 26th or 27th uh, with all the th- guys we've uh, with all the picks we've traded away this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they're going to make that work, especially you know with the the draft lottery order, and then also you got to think about all those trade deadline moves where a lot of those are conditional picks that are based on how the season ends, like. I don't. I just don't know how they're going to make that work, but I guess we'll see. That that's the big thing. It's it's the trades that they're concerned about. Um, but I know they want to get that done before they start the season back up. Hey, you know what? They have nothing but time on their hands, so they should be able to figure that out right now. Uh, I feel like they're throwing a lot of ideas out there, and uh, it's going to change five or six more times before we actually know what the hell is going on. Now, if it does help grow the game and like. You know, I, I think what they saw is the NFL being so successful with their online draft and how many people tuned in because people are just like craving any kind of sport to watch at this point. And if more people tune into the NHL draft because it's on and become hockey fans, I'm all for it. Like, you know, like grumpy old man said, uh, we, we don't have any uh, any picks really, you know, in the in the early rounds, So it doesn't really affect us. You know, it's funny you mentioned about not, not watching any sports. Yesterday, I watched a live presentation of, I don't know his name. I don't know how to pronounce it. The guy who played the mountain on Game of Thrones. Icelandic Thor, something like Hefborn. I don't know how to pronounce his name either, but his name is the Icelandic Thor. Yeah, and he did a, a challenge. He was trying to break the world uh, deadlift record, and they made this an hour-long show, and he did three lifts, and he did it. You know, I mean, the guy's incredible. Uh, but I was like, I wonder how many people watch that with nothing on. I mean, I know me. I've been watching old reruns of football games and hockey games and basketball games. Um, you know, I there's nothing else to do. You don't realize how much you miss sports until it's gone, I guess. I can't watch old games. I don't know what it is. It's just, especially hockey. Hockey was garbage before the 90s i hate to say it like even when, when the islanders won all those cups like the goalies were swiss cheese everything got past them like it just <laughs> it's tough to watch I, I know that those are your glory days but 
it's not the same brand as ho- brand of hockey. So it would be hard for me to sit down and watch those games. All right, get off. <laughs> no, but in the goaltend, that's to me that's been the biggest the biggest change in the last uh, I want to say thirty years in the game, besides the wussification of the NHL, um, is the fact that uh, the the butterfly style of goaltending that was started by Patrick Waugh. Uh, that's that to me that's the biggest change. Everyone used to be a stand up goalie, and also the equipment, the sticks, uh, those were. And you got to remember, goaltenders didn't have the pads like they have today. Um, and to me, that that's been the that's been the biggest change. Uh, but I can watch any of those old games because the physicality was way superior to today's game, just way superior. And of course, I love watching the Islanders beat the Flyers. I hate the Flyers. I hate the Flyers. Everyone knows I hate the Flyers. I, I rooted for the Russians over the Flyers. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate the Flyers. Um, but I could watch that game and Tonelli to Nystrom. All, it still gives me goosebumps whenever I see it. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to say, you know what, you're both a couple of youngsters. So, I'm going to forgive your ignorance because you don't know any better. And that's fine. Uh, but I will say high def television has certainly helped the NHL and the players are certainly more skilled. Uh, but that's what happens when you take the physicality out of the game. You let the smaller guys who are absolute magicians with the puck, get them show, uh, you know, what they can do. Yeah. And I will say this, I never had thought about it the way Mikey had presented that where the NFL draft was a huge hit. And they're right. People are starving for sports in some capacity. I mean, they did, I think it was ESPN, the Ocho Day on ESPN is what you're referring to, grumpy old man. That's true. I did watch that. (laughs) But just in general, people are craving sports. And if that did help grow sports, I'm in 100% agreement. You have to find a way to make that work because hockey out of the big four, they, yeah, we've talked about this on other podcasts. When, the majority of the revenue they have is driven via ticket sales. And that might be a very high possibility that they will be, you know, having playoffs in the rest of the regular seasons without actual fans in the stands. That significantly hit, hits their bottom line in the revenue for those teams. And that can really impact them. So potentially growing the game in that, in that aspect, I think I, that was a whole different light I had not even thought of before. Not in my lexicon of thought, uh, Mikey, and I appreciate you bringing it up. Yeah, I have one one quick thing to add to that. Remember, they did get the majority of their home games in. And that's, you know, I realize they're going to miss out on some revenue from ticket sales. Uh, but uh, and I don't know how their uh, TV deal is structured. Um, but they don't play a whole lot of games during the regular season. So I don't know how much they get from NBC, uh, you know, just for the playoffs. And maybe it's structured where, you know, they get pay- paid based on, you know, okay, as long as we have the playoffs, we're going to get the large chunk of our uh, revenue from them. I don't know. But I think Denny and the NBA are both in that same boat uh, to a vast majority. Of course, the NBA has a big TV deal. I think the sport that's going to suffer the most, honestly, is baseball because they didn't get to do any of their season yet, and they're dying to get uh, the season started. Well, it's funny you mention that, uh, Grumpy. I am a New York Mets fan, and – SNY every single day has been posting these simulations of the New York Mets regular season this year. And people are tuning in. It's like anywhere from anywhere from like 200 to about a thousand people are tuning in, watching the video game auto simulate. 
and <laughs> the game being played. And I just kind of think to myself, I'm like, wow, people really are starving for sports. I can't do that. I cannot, I cannot do that. Now that said, I did watch a simulation of the Kentucky Derby from all the uh, 13 triple crown winners yesterday, just to make sure that secretariat was going to be, be the winner. And he was, so, uh, you know, but it's not like I went out of my way to say, Oh, Hey, what's the latest simulated game? I can, I cannot do that. Well, and the funniest thing you mentioned about it, I don't know what's worse. The fact that every single time that's at the top of my Facebook feed. So I guess they think I'm a prime target for this. <laughs> I don't watch them. I just kind of like scroll by, but every single time it's at the top of my feed. Yeah, you got bigger issues than anything can be said there uh, for the fact that that's the top of your Facebook feed. <laughs> well, Mikey, I did want to ask you another question. Um, and again, I I don't want this to be touched or anything like that. I do remember when you did have a meetup, you usually go ahead and do raffles there for the Thomas Grice Foundation. And whenever we did go to those, those Carolina Hurricanes games where the, the original Charlotte meetup was there, um, you'd go ahead and raffle it was a 50, 50 raffle in order to go ahead and, uh, and send that to Thomas Grice. And it would come with, I think the winner of the raffle would get again, the 50% of the raffle money, as well as they'd go ahead and get to meet Thomas Grice and go to a game and meet Mrs. Grice and everything of that nature. Now I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Carolina hurricanes shut you down in the when you were doing this raffle for charity am i right with that i don't want to misclassify it i just kind of want to pick because the last i did see about it on social media but i didn't really know how it concluded and what exactly happened yeah i think the pnc was just trying to flex their muscles um you know it it wasn't necessarily the carolina hurricanes it was the the pnc event staff and I, I, I view event staff like I do RAs in college. Like they they have real no they don't really have any real power. So they just wanna like irritate you and be in your way. And that's basically what happened. And then since they have no power, they called the cops. But then when we talked to the cops and we're just like being real realistic with them, they're like, All right, just finish it up and wrap it up. But Basically, what that did was by rushing us and wrapping it up quicker is we, we were able to raise less money than we would have. And, yeah. you know, I, I know that they probably have rules and regulations for, you know, selling merchandise, but we weren't selling anything. We were just raising money for charity. I think you probably got a stoolie in your ranks who ratted you out. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know we were there plenty early that day, and I know I lost a lot of money because I didn't win anything. I mean, there were so many prizes, and I bought, I don't know, like $700 worth of tickets. I really didn't, of course. But, uh, you know, I thought I would have come up with something, but I came up with nothing, you know, but uh, empty pockets. Yeah, we had to rush through it. And, it, it, you know, it, it just takes away from the whole event, and it kind of, you know, just put a, a dark cloud over it. They, they, you know, the event staff took down – my friend Justin who runs the Raleigh groups like license plate information. Like I know nothing's go coming from it, but it's just like, you know, wh why are you trying to make this a bigger issue than it was? And maybe they just didn't like all the blue and orange that they saw. Yeah. I'm going to say it was the Carolina hurricanes because it works into my narrative. <laughs> um, but thank you for the clarification on that, but I'm still going to say it's the hurricanes. Yeah, speaking of those hurricanes, I don't know what they are doing. I don't know why they are ending their affiliation with the Charlotte Checkers. That makes no sense to me. 
I don't get it. First of all, I don't know why they're playing in Raleigh. I mean, if you were going to put a team anywhere, you'd put it in Charlotte. You wouldn't put it in Raleigh. Um, but yeah, I, I was surprised to hear that too. I, I mean, I, I here's the thing. I, I've been here a long time. I remember when the Checkers were just an ECHL affiliate playing out of Cricket Arena on Independence uh, Boulevard, and uh, that was a fun place to watch games. I'm going to tell you, uh, even better than watching them downtown. Uh, now they're and then they went uptown, and then they back at uh, back at uh, Cricket Arena again. But those were always the best games to watch. Small theater, uh, small venue, and. Uh, I, I used to love going to those games and taking my kids when they did play ice hockey here, taking them to those games. It was great. Yeah, just it, it, I, I know that AHL affiliates, like they come and go, they change all the time, like you were saying, but it seemed like that was a perfect marriage, being that it's only two and a half hours away. You're in the same state. So, like, you're, you're really spreading your team and, and people that are willing to go drive two and a half hours to Raleigh to watch your, your, bigger team and to move to Chicago after first of all the checkers just won the Calder Cup their top 10 in attendance like it just makes no sense to me right yeah I I, I never understood I guess the the, the wool I guess probably they're still the Chicago Wolves um, but they've always I know they run a good operation there and I guess they feel they could make more money there I mean I guess it's all about the money for them but I, I think you're 100% correct I'd much rather see them grow the sport in the state that your team is in. I just think, I think that makes good business sense long-term, uh, you know, but Hey, it is what it is. And uh, who's the, what's, who's their owner? Is it? Uh, I think Tom something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's not an Islander. That's all I care about. That's what <laughs> we do honestly. Oh goodness. And I hate to keep coming back to the Islanders meetup group, but Mikey, you've had some interesting conversa- conversations with, so, I mean, some iconic figures in the Islanders community. I mean, I know, I think uh, Ledecky called you as well. Um, and you, you've you had a lot of different experiences from the Islanders meetups and everything that's kind of, I guess, mutated from that. What has been, I guess, your best experience with the Islanders meetup? Yeah, so it was more than just a phone call with Ledecky. Um, actually, John Ledecky called me at that meet uh, at the tailgate to say that unfortunately he couldn't come but he would love to host some of us at a islander game in one of his uh luxury boxes so uh two years ago now i I took him up on that offer and flew back to new york and invited the original six meetup guys so the guys the the other five guys that came to my very first meetup and i said you know as a token of my appreciation for coming out why don't you come join us at, in Ledecky's suite? And uh, we we hung out with John Ledecky the whole night in his in his luxury suite, and it was absolutely awesome. And uh, we we did pick a game at Barclays, and you know, obviously Barclays is what it is, but the luxury suites at the Barclays Center are probably the nicest ones you'll find in all sports. And hanging out in Jay Z's fifty fifty club or whatever it's called, like that was freaking awesome you know i i like i said and i told you think about look what mr ryan mikey uh just said that you know he invited the six original people i told you he was a nice guy now he didn't answer part two of that question which says you know the most memorable thing that he's 
seen as part of this, uh, you know, the founder of this group. And he didn't mention it, but I'll mention it. It was meeting the grumpy old man. Uh, <laughs> you know, and he knows that I, I, you know, I realize it's my show, um, but that's okay. He does not have to bring that up. Well, I remember at one of those meetups, it was uh, Butch Goring and um, Brendan Burke also came down. Uh, I think it was for the first game of the season. I, I, you know, I think that was two years ago now. But I remember we met them and I was like, wow. I was like, this is, I guess that was the first time it kind of hit me. I'm like, this is a real big thing. And my, this is a real big thing Mikey's got going on here. Yeah, that that was definitely special. And and Butch and Brendan and even Shannon, they make an effort to come now pretty much every time we're there. Um, the last time we went down to Tampa with our Tampa meetup group, Rob Shrimp came and partied with us and, t- and uh, pre-gamed with us before the game. So that was cool to see a former Islander just like actually recognized who the groups were and decide to come hang out with us. That was just a really cool experience. And uh, it, it really has definitely topped my expectations. I would have totally been lying if I, said that I, I thought it would get to this point, but I also gave up the sauce about five years ago and I have all this built up energy that I just want to put towards something positive. And, uh, that's, that's really what the meetups are. And it just, you know, I don't mind putting some time and effort into making them a cool experience for every, you know, Islander fan across the country. Yeah. I'm just gonna say every time that I've went to those, it's just good people, uh, meeting up, all thinking about Islander hockey, and just like I said, just good people. And uh, like I said, I, I hate to keep on tooting your horn, um, but you know, just a really nice person, and you know, willing to do anything for you. I mean, you know, I know TJ and you have spoke previously numerous times, but you know, to even just coming on this podcast, you know, not expecting anything, uh, you know. The grumpy old man is trying to leverage uh, your popularity for himself, uh, which <laughs> is of course, but uh, just a good person and just and all the people there are just wonderful people. And, it, you know, it just kind of exp- you don't realize how many people down here are Islander fans, honestly, um, you know, and it's it's nice to see that there are Islander fans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all those people move from New York there from that, you know, financial hub and they come down. It's like that's what made Charlotte, I guess, that next financial hub as well. And it's awesome because, you know, as as a transplant myself, you know, um I, I moved to Charlotte when I was in my late twenties. And by that time it's it's hard to make friends when you're that old. And uh I would it's safe to say that 98% of my current friends right now here in Charlotte, North Carolina are all people I met at meetups. And it, it's just, you know, as, as someone that's moving across the country, you know, 12 hours away from your home and you just are able to find like-minded people that also root for the same team and also like pizza and bagels just as much as me, you know, it, it definitely helps for sure. Well, yeah, how does pizza compare? The pizza does not compare. I see. I'm, I'm a realist. I, I I'm a straight shooter, and uh, I've had some fantastic pizza and bagels here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I I, I could give any recommendations if you guys want them. And uh, it it definitely can compete. It, it, and I found two really really great bagel places here in Northern Charlotte, like the Huntersville area, that are just fantastic. 
yeah, I'm not driving that far for a bagel. I guess I'll just struggle with Brugger's bagels down here on the <laughs> south side. Uh, and uh, for pizza, I'm just going to say I made pizza for 10 years, and there is no pizza down here that compares to New York pizza. There isn't. Well, in Cornelius, there's a place called Brooklyn South Pizza. And okay. if, you ha- if you haven't made it there, then hold off on- until you try that pizza place. All right. I will I will wait. I, you know, that, that's, a, that's a hole for me, I'm going to say. Um, I won't no, it is. I get home. it. I won't be taking that home. That much I'll say. I'd have to eat it there. So. <laughs> Old Grumpy, you might be a little biased there. I am um, biased. I am. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, Mikey, it's it's been a pleasure. I again, thank you so much for, for joining us here on the podcast. And um, again, I know it's it's a time period. There's not a lot of hockey going on, but seeing what you've done, not only just with the podcast, but also the hockey, the Islanders meetup group. That's that's two really big accomplishments that that have grown at quite quite a large rate. And, um, and we're so glad to have you on the podcast. Um, but is there anything else you kind of want to add in here before we – a little closing words? No. Uh, you know, you can always find – if you're an Islander fan, our uh, meetup website is nyimeetups.com. Uh, it lists off all our uh, locations. We just uh, linked up with the UK fan group. So now we even are across the pond where there's – for some reason, I under fans, but <laughs> it's, it's awesome that we, we do have uh, support even across the seas and uh, m- with the podcast we're bardownbreakdown.com where you could find all our previously recorded episodes where we talk with some of our uh, favorite artists from the alternative music scene about the sport that we love. And it's just been two really fun projects that, do take up my time, but I love every second of it. And TJ did leave out your greatest accomplishment, which is uh, dealing with a bunch of screaming nasty ten-year-olds every day. I think that's even even bigger accomplishment. No, nah, that that that's the easy part. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and I'm at a great school, so I I really can't complain on that end. Well, terrific. Uh, thank you so much, Mikey, again. I, and I definitely do recommend you go ahead and check out the Bar Down Breakdown podcast. Um, I, I recently discovered it uh, probably about a few weeks ago, and uh, I started listening. I'm like, wow, this is this is, this is really good content. Um, so I know everybody's quarantined up and, and looking, for, looking for content, and I know it might be an oversaturated market right now, but I can tell you one thing. The Bar Down Breakdown podcast is definitely worth an investment of at least 30 minutes to kind of get a feel for it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and, and thank you so much again, Mikey and Grumpy Old Man, for being a part of the podcast. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for reaching out, and I'd come back anytime to talk Islanders hockey because – you know, we try to keep it neutral on Bar Down, where we, we even use the hashtag not an Isles podcast because there's <laughs> <laughs> so many Islanders podcasts and we just try to talk hockey in general, but it still somehow does take over our conversations. And uh, I, I would love to just be able to talk only Islanders with some other Islander fans. So please reach out to me and I'll come back on anytime you need me. Mikey, I do have one quick question. I was going to leave it out, but I can't resist. TJ and I have had a running disagreement on. Oh, Grumpy, come on, Grumpy! Oh no, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, if well, okay, please pose the are question. You gonna, are you going to let me? Are you going to? Are you going to let me post my question? 
Just pose it correctly. That's all I'm asking, Grumpy. Who would you rather have on your team and who would be more important? To, okay, this is how it was originally It was originally posted. Was Who would you rather I, have yeah. on your team? No. Patrick Kane I, I Anders Lee. Lee. So Patrick Kane or who? Anders Lee. Average Anders Lee. Oh, Patrick Kane every every single day. Thank you. So the question you, was posed, he answered it. He answered it. I had to wait for Grumpy to get his little his his little childishness out. The question was originally posed last season. Who was who would have been a more important it was a hypothetical. You know, we had time on our hands. It was posed who would have been a more crucial piece to the Islanders that season? Would it be the captain and Anders Lee embodied everything about what it was like to be an Islander or Patrick Kane? And I was just making an argument playing devil's advocate. I did think that Anders Lee was more crucial at that time period than Patrick Kane. Again, I think Patrick Kane is a far superior player than Anders Lee. No debating it. I'm just saying who was more important to the actual Islanders at that time period. And again, it was just because Patrick Kane was being brought up and possible rumors of being traded at that time period. Okay, that's not how it was posed, but that's not how it was posed. You know it. I mean, and I here's the thing. If I had the wherewithal to go back and dig through those podcasts, I'd throw it right in your face. But go ahead, Mike, and you can answer TJ's ridiculous scenario because I'm sure I'm going to get the same answer. I, I think it would still be the same answer because, yes, Anders uh, does like some of the, the gritty and dirty work that uh, you would want from your captain. Uh, and he'll go to bat for some of his teammates if there's like a dirty hit or anything like that. But um, I, I don't think haven't I, I don't think we're going to see Anders Lee score forty goals ever again. I, I think yeah. he's on the decline already. I think that um, you even see he does he's not willing to go to the front of the net like he used to because you know he he took a few years of getting beat up that, in, in front of the net and now he's just like oh I'm the captain I don't have to do that. But um, I, I, I still would take Patrick Kane any day of the week. Thank you very much. Well, Mikey's viewpoints definitely align with ours, grumpy old man. That's for sure. I know we <laughs> he doesn't talk too much Islanders hockey, but that is a, a, a topic that we've talked about a lot there in Anders Lee and, and kind of on the decline. It's good to see that there are other like-minded, like-minded people out there who agree with you kind of a little bit in that regard. Yeah, and, and I hate to say it, but like the, the dark days of that Anders Lee contract are – many years ahead of us because it's it's only going to get worse as time goes on like, hallelujah you're preaching to the choir mikey oh this <laughs> made me so happy okay because I, I i hate when we talk about like like that because i feel like we come off as the big bad guys like oh they're crapping on the islanders i'm like i don't know we're just trying to look at it from like a <laughs> a long scope so we can go ahead and see i mean you're right. Those years are going to be bad with Anders Lee at the end of that contract. I didn't want to sign him in the offseason. I thought that was the biggest mistake they made, signing all three of those guys. All it's done is limited them what they can do in the future, and now we don't have any draft picks coming. Uh, the dark times are coming. I hate to tell you. I don't know if, and here's the thing. I was going to try to not be negative today, but you know, then I had somebody who prodded me and poked me by you know, having the same viewpoint that I do, and, well, I just can't resist, you know. The dark times are ahead, my friends. Yeah, and we we need uh, Sorokin to sign his deal already. I I've been yeah I've been seeing the Islanders Twitter is like come on sign already. I've been seeing that all over the place too. It's not like he would play. He would be able to play the remaining games of this season, right? No, it would have to. It no. would have to start next season, I believe. Yes, yes. And I'm fine with that, honestly. I mean, we're not going any. Even if we make the playoffs, we're not going anywhere. 
Um, we need to no. move some guys. We need to, honestly, we need to move players off of this, off of the veteran roster now and get younger. I mean, we're one of the oldest teams in the league and we're not going anywhere with this group. We're just not. No, we gotta, we got, we got too much money tied up in our bottom six, way too much money tied up in oh, that bottom six. You, and you would, you would think that Mikey and me have been having private conversations. So Mikey has <laughs> definitely gone ahead and I'm making a note for myself. We have to bring Mikey on to go ahead and discuss more specific actual Islanders and uh, what, what the outlook of the team is, because for the most part, it's just been grumpy old man and I talking about it, but this brings a whole different aspect in there. I did not know Mikey as well had the same viewpoint. But I'm looking forward to definitely bringing you back on the podcast, Mike. No, so like I I always preach that Isles Meetups is where, you know, all my tweets for Isles Meetups are like I drank the Kool-Aid, where I I do always stress that we're we're a fan supporter group. So we're gonna support the team no matter what. And I I I do preach that and, and that is the way that I present myself on social media. But it, it sometimes hurts me when, you know, we're on like a whatever five, six game losing streak and then we're going to Carolina and I have to be all gung ho like, all right, let's go and have a great time when really I'm like, yeah, we're going to probably lose and this fucking sucks. But <laughs> now, I have a, now, one one more quick question. Um, how did you feel when Barry Trotz said just recently after, you know, they were on a seven game losing streak going into uh, the season being suspended? Well, we were just rounding into form. I mean, at what loss do you think he felt we were rounding into form? Five, six, or seven? Oh, man. Yeah, like that that sounds like Jack Capuano like took over his body where, you know, we blame it on puck luck and, and we're back to those days where I, I think that there needed to be a little more accountability at those last couple of games and there there really wasn't. You know, he, he loves to target Matt Barzell and – make Barzell sit when, you know, there's oh my plenty God. of Mikey, yeah, we might have to have you back next week. Oh my gosh. You were talking about all these talking points. We've hit on almost a million podcasts and you have the same exact viewpoints as us. This is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it sometimes hurts to see because, you know, I, I get it. Matt Barzell still young and you could still mold him into the player you want, but sometimes you just gotta let, let the guys free and let them do what they are are capable of and uh we'll see but yeah you know there's no denying that barry trotz is a great coach and a great person but it was it was looking a a little scary those last couple of games going into the into the break yeah uh, i i 100 agree and you know before we end here i just i always have a saying that i don't think gretzky could have played for barry trotz uh, or Mario Lemieux, because he would have sat them as opposed to let them do what they do. He wants to turn White Barzal into a third-line grinder. Like That's what he wants, a whole team of grinders. That's not going to win you Stanley Cups, which is all I care about. Yeah. Right. And I'd love to see one in my lifetime. I would. <laughs> well, we definitely have a lot more time than the grumpy old man, so at least we're right in that category. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get a free shot there, grumpy, before we end the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm a but big thanks, boy. Like it. <laughs> but thanks so much again, uh, Mikey and, and Grumpy Old Man. Um, definitely a collaboration in the future, I'm sure, will be will be needed. Um, but again, thank you so much for joining it. And thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network again. Very thankful that they allow us to go ahead and, and host this podcast on multiple different platforms, whether you're listening to your podcast on SoundCloud, 
Google Podcasts, whether it's on Spotify, Apple iTunes, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find the Hockey Podcast Network's version of the Never Say Die podcast. But thank you again, guys. And and I'm looking forward to our future collaboration there, Mikey. I've, I've really enjoyed the time. Absolutely. Now move back to Charlotte, North Carolina, so you can start going to Isles Meetup CLT's <laughs> events. <laughs> soon, soon. It's in the cards. <laughs>